0: Hello, everyone. This is Christoph Kemper of Link Research Tools, and this is the Link Building and SEO podcast. Today, we got a very special guest in this episode. His name is Eric Ward, uh, also Link Moses. And I think he's been around forever and ever and started in the industry 10 years or so before I started. But Eric, when did you start? What's your background? What's your story? And what do you do? What's your company doing?
1: Well, I actually started, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I know that we've been scheduled to be on twice, and I've been delayed because Link Moses has been up on top of the mountain searching for private blog networks um, and unfortunately finding many. Uh, but, uh, Not surprised. Um, uh, but my, and they were in Russia. What, do you, what, what are the odds? Um, so uh, uh, my... I started like a lot of people in this industry by complete accident. I was uh, working in the advertising and public relations industry. I worked for a, I was working for a, divi- a company that was purchased by Time Inc. My division was not part of that merger. So in 1991, I found myself uh at the time I was single um and uh, you know had very little overhead and I did not want to continue working in the advertising and marketing field that I was in so I decided well I'm going to take what little severance pay I have and I'm going to go find something else to do and I w- I went back to uh graduate school and um happened to meet a woman by the name of Jose Marie Grivas who was uh, the uh, vice chancellor what we would call the CIO now at the university and um, I guess I'd been there about a year, and she said, uh, have you ever uh, – I want to show you something. And um, she happened to be, just through serendipity, friends with Tim Berners-Lee. Um, what are the odds that a, the CIO of a university in the, in Tennessee, in the United States, would be friends with a physicist? Uh, at CERN. Um, But her background actually was, her original PhD was in physics. And she uh, knew I came from a business background. And this is going to be stuff that many of your listeners, unless they're uh, in their 40s, uh, late 40s, would, would not even be familiar with. Back then before the web, the way people navigated and viewed information on servers was through a protocol called Gopher, G-O-P-H-E-R. And you would actually um, uh, use a text-based Gopher menu to identify content on on hundreds if not thousands of Gopher servers. And then uh, what my, uh, this person who had hired me to be her research associate at that point said is, "Here's why I've hired you to be a research associate, even though you don't have a PhD or a particular, you know, or an academic background. I need you to go talk to the professors at this university and let them know that it's time for them to migrate their Gopher server content over to the what's going to be known as the World Wide Web." And uh, she she proceeded to show me what Tim was working on, the hypertext protocol and all of that. This is before Mark Andreessen had even created the first web browser, Mosaic, um, that would even allow you to see images and text together on a browser page. But anyway, she basically um, said, uh, she laughed at me and she said, I've hired you for a very special reason. You have to go to these... Um, highly educated PhDs who have spent years created creating these uh, na- menu-based navigation and information systems, and tell them to throw them all away and, and migrate everything to the World Wide Web. And I was like, Oh, gee, thanks very much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so I spent the, so I spent 1992, 1993, visiting professors in their offices and telling them that they had to migrate everything to the web. And Chris, I promise you, they looked at me and they would say, Well. How do we know that this web thing isn't just a fad? How do we know that you're not going to be right back in here a year from now telling me I have to migrate everything to some other protocol instead of this HTTP protocol that this physicist has created? And I would just have to look them straight in the eye and say, I have seen the future. The future is the web. I promise you will not be sorry when you do this. And oh, by the way, this is coming from the CIO. It's not me telling you to do this. I am merely her messenger. Do it. Um, So that was where it all began, but during the entire time I was doing this, I was viewing it through the lens or through the glasses of a guy who was a marketing and public relations person, and that's when I was realizing, you know, when people launch these websites... Technically, they're nothing more than files on a server. Or, well, not even a server. They're files on a hard drive. Now, if there's a web, if there's web server software uh, uh, installed on that same hard drive, and if somebody knows, at the, not even a domain name at that point, but an IP address, which was technically basically directions to a file on a hard drive, then. They could pull those files straight from your hard drive, and that blew my mind. That blew my mind because, to me, especially when Mosaic uh, was was created, I was viewing that as my gosh, this is a new medium. This is like the beginning of television or radio or what ha- what have you. And I and I felt that corporate America would jump on this. It was just a matter of when. And that was when I very quietly in the evenings began starting this this very small business, just me and my little um, 286 IBM PC with a monochrome. Monitor um, and uh, helping companies basically announce their presence on the way. This is before Google. This is five years before Google existed. So links didn't matter yet for the purposes of search rank. It was all on-site. The search engines of the day were Infoseek, Alta Vista, Lycos, Hotbot, Webcrawler. So I was a content publicist. My goal was to look at a website and say, Who will care? That this website exists, and how do I reach those people? And that was kind of the genesis or the beginning of my business. And fortunately, there was a gentleman named Danny Sullivan, who also was working another job at the time as as a journalist for a newspaper out in California. And he launched a website called the Webmaster's Guide to Search Engines. And believe it or not, I was his very first paid subscriber when after about a year of running that site, he said, I'm going to ask for donations. I sent him a check for 50 bucks. <laughs> so in the conferences, when I would speak, um, he would always introduce me. He would say, uh, now I would inter- like to introduce Eric Ward who by the way is search engine watch subscriber alpha. He was the first person to ever send me money for my website. And, uh, he was actually the guy then years later who, uh, because, I I hate the phrase white hat, black hat, and that could be a topic we should should probably talk about. But he introduced me as Link Building Moses, which became shortened to Link Moses. Uh And um, I was offended at first, not really offended, but I thought, oh, make fun of me because I've been doing this forever. But then I realized, wait a minute, he just gave me the greatest gift ever. He just gave me not an avatar, but he just gave me an online persona. Mm. And I've, and I turned link Moses into gosh, probably over a hundred thousand links over the next three years to my website. Wow.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing indeed. Yeah. And you know, when you, when you when you look back through all these years, you know link building has been on and off, and there are some people that say links are not important and Google can figure it all out by himself. And what are your thoughts on these waves, at, as we could tell it, because you know they're the coming back, they're going a little bit depending on the trends. But you know, from a zoomed out version, uh, from your experience,
1: I'm I'm probably one of the few people who is extremely happy with what Google has done. Now, I'm going to get hate mail probably, and somebody will probably hit my server with a, 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 a DNS <laughs> or a, D, a DOS attack now. Um, because if we go back to when Larry and Sergey were still in grad school and they were creating this algorithm that was going to be based upon links, boy, can, can you imagine before any of us knew what they were doing, what their very first crawl of what then was the entire intu- of, of, of the web was it was the most pristine crawl ever because every single link could be trusted. Yes. Um, and their algorithm was not based on on-site factors. It was based on off-site factors, which nobody knew. So nobody had spammed it yet. Uh-huh. And what uh-huh. I tell a lot of clients is I, I guarantee that they have held on to that very first data uh, corpus of data. Because for them, that almost represents like a garden of Eden of purity. It's like, okay, this is what a natural web should look like with regards to the interlinking relationships. And, all, and we can actually use that. And I'm sure that they continue. To always, as they crawl data it's, uh, um, and look at the link, the, the various linking relationships that they can, uh, that they can use that original crawl in some form or fashion as a basis by which they can use to compare to the crawls that they find today. Um, as for what happened, you remember when they released the uh, the toolbar, uh, the PageRank toolbar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See. Um, For many people in the SEO industry, agencies, uh, SEO folks, they thought that was just heaven. Whereas I looked at it and I thought, oh, man, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. Because, and for me personally, because I never to this day, never then, never now, have I ever pursued links for the purposes of improved search rank for my clients. Yet here I am 22 years later, booked a month in advance. Mm-hmm. You know, So the, the approach that I have always used was always based on content merit and who will care about that content. So I hated the toolbar mm-hmm. I, because to me, the toolbar was what spawned a 10-year period of time where we had agencies who realized, well, we've got to start offering link building services now because clients are asking for it well how do we do that and scale that you know we've got 50 clients that we're doing seo for and they're all they're all saying what about links what about links so Put together a service offering and uh, call it Gold, Silver, and Bronze Link Building Package, and charge people—you know, one thousand, two thousand, and four thousand dollars. And for this one, we'll get you fifty links a month. And for this one, we'll get you a hundred. And for this one, we'll get you two hundred. And I cannot imagine a a more ridiculous and destined for failure search model. Unfortunately, it took ten years, and but. Where it's almost like we've come full circle. Now, I know that there are still holes in Google's algorithm. I know that people are exploiting them. I see it every day. But the reality is, Google's algorithm is incredibly accurate in terms of identifying good content. The problem is that the people who are trying to manipulate that algorithm continually try to wreck it you know and, and if you think about all of the google updates that they've created over the years if you go all the way back to the vince update the florida update and all of the early ones forget penguin panda hummingbird and all of those mm. the one thing all of those algorithms have in common they weren't algorithms to help find better stuff no they were algorithms to help ignore the crap right Re- remove the crap from impacting the rankings. And I think that's fast. If you really think about that, in other words, what Google is saying is our algorithm is so- is sound and solid, and we will continue to improve upon it. And those, the majority of those improvements will be to identify that, that which should not be trusted. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that because where we are now in many ways links ma- See here's the here's the thing that's so ironic people think that links don't matter and it's the exact opposite links matter now more than they have ever mattered it's just that the types of links that matter are, are are a much smaller subset of what used to matter and it's much more challenging to earn and obtain those links however if you're able to do that you will be rewarded I, i've had client i've done client work within the past 6 months where with less than 20 new inbound earned links their rankings have improved to a degree where it's ridiculous whereas you used to have to use you know force you you have, you 'd have to force feed tens of thousands or you know hundreds thousands of links to manipulate google 's algorithm, but it could be done now Google is getting savvy enough to well for a while it was please to those, and now we 're actually to a point where Google is savvy enough to just ignore. Uh, even though technically there could be scenarios where a disavow still would make sense. The 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 reality of what I'm seeing as I analyze backlink profiles is Google continues to improve on identifying that which should not be trusted. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, in regards to that, we just had a 370% increase in organic traffic just after a link audit and disavow. So... While I think they're getting better and better like they've always done in the last years, uh to identify things they cannot trust and discount it, there is no guarantee whatsoever, especially uh outside of the United States. You know, everything that is not US English basically is two or three or five or ten years behind. You know, if you go to Istanbul in Turkish, you can still do crappy directory links in some industries still.
1: Yes, I agree with you. I think that for tools, for like linklet research tools, which uh, c- which collectively are amazing, but for me personally, who were who I've spent my entire career with links, when I look at link detox and, you know, with every client I have, uh, when we start talking about um, disavow files, mm-hmm. when they say, oh, I, I, I heard, or from my understanding, those are no longer needed. I will tell them, no, 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 no you still have to peru you you have to you have to pull as much backlink data as you possibly can cuz google will not tell you everything that they know and google yeah. will also only tell you that uh, that they know about your own site <laughs> so you still very much need to be very cautious about what is pointing at your site. Because although Google in the U.S. may be doing a much better job, mm-hmm. um, there, are, there, there is still, in my, my personal opinion, is it is still crucial to make sure that you've got the most pristine link profile possible. And you cannot rely, I'm not going to say, I don't mean this as a shot at Google, but it is a foolish business model to rely on
0: their algorithm. No, hope but is not doing a strategy. A, whatever, whatever discipline. Hoping for Google to take care of yourself and your backlink profile is not a strategy. No, that's you not a tra-
1: t- that, That's a recipe for for goodbye.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to take things in your own hands. I I I guess you know.
1: I, I know. Every client I have, I say my goal is to make myself obsolete with you. I want to teach you and show you the approach that I use, the where it's been successful, where it has not been as successful, and part of that is always. Um, and this is not I, whoever's listening. The to the four people that are listening, um, mm-hmm. this is not meant at all to be an advertisement. And Chris did not give me a penny to say this. But every client I work with, I put uh, I, on the screen share. Um, I I pull up Link Detox, and I say this is probably the best expenditure you could possibly make in terms of insurance. Think of it as an insurance policy against search engines who don't. Who aren't? Who are not? Sa- who, who who aren't there yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, because and because it, it, because there's, I cannot really envision any scenario. Well, the only scenario, to be honest, where it would make sense to not use it would be if you're one of these multi-billion-dollar brands that has has literally millions of links. Um, it's highly unlikely that you would ever have such a, a toxic degree of links that a company like a Procter & Gamble or a Coca-Cola or or whatever would ever find themselves in trouble as a result uh-huh. a, of, a, of a link profile.
0: Because of the, the brand bonus, you mean, or because yeah. they have so many good links?
1: Right. I mean, the sheer mass of quality links that they get, I mean, the rich get richer. You know, yeah. it's like the book that Mike Green wrote, you know, almost two decades ago, Filthy Linking Rich. I mean, mm-hmm. in many ways, it. it I mean, uh, and that is the snowball effect that I kind of like to, that today, not necessarily with brands, but it also works with smaller sites in terms of as you, as you, as you prove your ability to earn links uh, as a result of social media, which is probably the biggest change from when I start, social media can turn the entire world into link builders for you. Right. And for your brand and that's and and understanding how to make that happen is crucial. But back to your point, I do think there is a brand bias. I'm not saying that I necessarily think it's good. Mm-hmm. um or bad i think that there are times when i'll do a search on something if i do a specialty search like you know if we're renovating our bathroom in our house and my wife likes a very specific type of of maybe uh, arti- artisanal or whatever you know uh, you know an old timey looking s- uh, sink or uh, uh, faucets so uh, um for our vanity so if i do a search on something like you know um whatever it might be it might be antique sink or, or sink faucets. Even then, one of the huge companies in the U.S., like Lowe's or Home Depot, will rank typically first or second, and that's not a good search result because they're, the stock that they carry is not specialized, like a renovation hardware or a very specialized plumbing supply that's specialized in older homes. I mean, we've got a hundred-year-old home, and we like, and, and we, and we very much want want to keep it. We, we keep it modernized, but modernized by using the types of things that would have been used 100 years ago, just modernized versions of those. And you're not going to find those at Lowe's or Home Depot. <laughs> so that's there's brand bias at, at work there. Um, but I, I think that the sheer mass of inbound links that those sites have, you know, uh, it would be one of those things where if I was if I was in the in the into the business of trying to destroy a site based on negative SEO I mean assuming that is possible because it were to, obviously that's not possible Google has told us so
0: um, oh and that's why they gave us the disable file uh, that's decimal. right
1: exactly you know it's impossible for anybody to do any harm to your site but here you please use the disavow file because, just in case just because we enjoy it we enjoy yeah. looking at URLs all day um, but uh, but the 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 uh, um, the reality really is that the the I don't know that the brand bias is fair but it's something that you have to accept and what where I work with on clients in that type of cases is, Don't even try to fight that battle. Don't even think that there's even the potential for negative SEO against somebody that's that massive. You know, it's like the old Godzilla movies. You know, uh, um, you know, it's like you're not going to do negative SEO against Godzilla. Now, yeah, at the end, we're going to get them. We always know that. The last minute of the movie, Godzilla will go down. But that's not going to happen to Lowe's or Home Depot or Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh so That's interesting, uh, um, yeah yeah I mean it, it uh, um, but I think what you just said is a classic kind of point it's like um, Google says that negative SEO is quote highly unlikely at the same time and, and 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 they say um, we're able now to identify poor quality links and no longer let them affect our algorithm however we still include we still have this tool called a disavow file. And they
0: say that ten years ago already,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I, I think that sa- sound a sound business strategist, especially on the SEO side, and and if you're if you're tasked with with minding the store, so to speak, with regard to the quality of your backlink profile or the footprint of your links around the world, then you better not just. You, you cannot sit back in your chair and say, "Ah, I don't have to worry anymore." Mm-hmm. In, in many ways, it's the opposite. You have to want you have to keep that as clean as possible. As well as if you if your ranking was being propped up by poor links or by marginal links that Google now has decided should not be um, uh, 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 helping sites to rank higher in the algorithm then you're going to drop in the search uh, in the search results and it's going to look like a pen- call it a penalty or not if you go from yeah. position 5 to position 25 it sure feels like a penalty whether it
0: is or it isn't yeah whatever you call it it's a massive drop to 99 minus 99% yes call it what you want but your income just do- took a dive yeah and you know, regarding uh very large companies uh something that just came to mind is that you know when you look at large retailers, I mean okay, there is uh websites like eBay or Amazon on the one hand, and there' is all the others out there, and they all have a huge backlink profile sometimes in the hundreds of millions that we can now finally audit thanks to some new developments that we made. And what we find is that there's a huge chunk of uh, scraper links. We call them scraper links, you know, when all all sorts of automated uh, uh, s- uh, spam, spam networks or uh, not PBNs necessarily but all kinds of uh, automated spam uh, systems scrape their content and replicate it. They get an influx of links from thousands, ten thousands of of new domains per day that you know all make you know just a dime each for their operators. But what they end up with is all sorts of duplications and inbound links sometimes from as you said, Russian networks or some Chinese websites that fly way below the radar because they're all one by itself is, is all really small. But that is of course they are not the target of an um, necessarily uh, not necessarily an in an in intentional negative SEO, but it's a side effect of them being so large and being scraped. And that is something that other websites don't have at that it, scale.
1: Right. And, and if anybody decided to, I don't have an e-commerce site, but if I had a small specialized e-commerce site and somebody decided to do the same to me, I'm liable to end up with, with, a, with some sort of uh, demotion in the rankings. Whereas yeah. it's not, where a, Amazon is almost bulletproof.
0: Right, right, but it's not because of their wonderful SEO. It's because it's Amazon, and right, Amazon no- wouldn't be ranking. Then Google is broken, and not Amazon. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, There's nobody at Amazon that's like encouraging that behavior, but at the same time, there's nobody at Amazon discouraging that behavior. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, they still they still have some redirects in place, some link cloaking redirects for their affiliate links that they had ten years ago that everyone else would get banned today. Uh, but well, they're Amazon, and so that's what is that that, you, that that's and, what I would call a brand bonus.
1: Yeah, and you know, I did I was the one I did their first campaign. I did their first publicity campaign at launch. Um, that and that came about by a pure fluke. It's an it was a I on a, I did that on a, on like a 288 modem from my kitchen table. And uh, uh, Je- Jeff was lurking in a uh, internet listserv, an inter- a private discussion group for internet marketers. The day I announced my services, I was still working at the university, and it was called Net. It was called NetPost back then. And please. Please, nobody go to the Internet Archive, the Wayback Machine. Well, actually, go ahead if you want to laugh. Go, go to the Internet Archive and, and look at netpost, N-E-T-P-O-S-T and look at the very first website I ever created. And that was the website that Jeff Bezos had enough confidence upon seeing to actually hire me to be his first publicist. Uh, but in, but anyway, he had, we were on a listserv together, and he, he sent me an email, and he said, my name is Jeff Bezos. And I'm, uh, uh, and i I'd like to talk with you about a project I'm working on. Where can I call you? And um, I gave him my phone number. And my, and my wife. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time. We were both still in school, in college. I, I said, Melissa, I think I might actually have a shot at my first client outside of um, a Tennessee. You know, my first actual national client. And she's like, "Who is he?" I said, "Well, I don't know. His name is Jeff Bezos, and he just wants to talk to me tonight." So I waited for that phone call, and he called me that evening. And he and you and you know his voice. I mean, he's like, "Hi, my name is Jeff Bezos." <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, he said, and he said, and he told me this. He said, "We're, we're, uh, he said, we're launching an online bookstore, and this is, you know, they had less than ten employees, and they're working out of their garage." Uh-huh. And he said, uh, um, and there and he, and he had no dreams of going public because back then there was no such thing as a public.com there were no (laughs) internet stocks there was no internet bubble because there was no internet for all practical purposes in fact at that time there really wasn't even any like shopping cart software you had to you had to write it now you and i could have an e-commerce site up in 30 minutes Um, but um, he said i'm going to create an online bookstore and i remember saying to him why amazon And he said it's going to be a river of books and I was like, "Well, okay, that sounds fine." Amazon.com, and he said, "I'm about," th- he said, "I'm about three months away from launch." And I saw your post on the dis- on the on the discussion uh, list that you do publicity f- for websites, and I'd like to hire you when we launch to go out and tell the world about my website. And I was like, "Okay." And he was like, "Put together a proposal for me and send it to me an email as soon as you can." So I hung up the phone, um, and I said to my wife, she was my wife. Uh, we had two desks in our in, uh, in our house. My kitchen table was one of them. And then my wife had her desk where she was studying for nursing. And I said to her, um, this guy wants to launch a bookstore on the web. And I'm like, "And I, I, Chris, this is honest to God, a true story. And I tell this when I'm speaking at, at the conferences. And I told my wife, I said, or my girlfriend, I said, I just don't see any way that works. it's like there's no way anybody's going to buy a book on the web because man buying a book is like that's like experiential you want to go in the bookstore and feel the book and sit down in the big soft chair and the bookstore has a certain smell to it you know and it's tactile you want to touch the pages what i didn't realize or what i didn't think about was yes if you were just browsing but if you knew the exact book you wanted and you just wanted the book, then all you cared about was get me the book here as fast as you can.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But
1: unfortunately, and today people this, have, I, the
0: same, have the same experience sitting at home in their chairs, right? Right. Uh, yes, now, exactly. Their, their own wine, their own smell of the house, the comfortness. So, yeah, so
1: technically, I should not even be working today. So, in <laughs> some way, I tell people this I, 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 will, put, I will go up to a podium. With every single person who claims to be an expert in, in, linking, in linking related topics, and I will debate them all day long. But that said, I am the worst businessman who ever lived <laughs> because if I, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this 20 years later. I would, at the moment Amazon went public, I would have bought 10,000 shares of their stock at whatever it was, 20 bucks, and I would be sitting back right now just watching my children grow up. Um,
0: but I can't complain. Links have been good to me. Oh yeah, I think I think there were you you got that name, and maybe you know with that risk involved, of course, in hindsight, twenty years later it's always easy to say that would have been the right thing, but at the same time, I bought internet stocks and I lost big time a lot oh, of money. I lost their,
1: I lost everything uh,
0: exactly, exactly. This is where I actually came to the point I'd rather build my own business than investing in some other people's businesses, and uh, that served me well.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. And like, and when uh, then we and no, nobody could have predicted the the dot com crash, nor the terrorist attacks, or the real estate bubble. Uh, and I told my wife, I said, "Well, we've lost." I mean, I remember years. I don't, well, I don't want to talk money, but uh, specifics. But I, re- I remember telling her, I said, "Honey, we've lost pretty much mo- almost everything because I was a true believer in every and anything I invest." It's the first time I had money, so yeah. I didn't know anything about investing. So what do I do? I put. You know, I spend a bunch of money and I invest in companies like Webvan and iPix and and companies that are completely gone now. Now, Webvan came back around after bankruptcy. uh, But uh, so I invested everything in companies that are that vanished. So it wasn't even like, well, I can ride this out and ultimately they'll come back. The other thing is even if I'd bought Amazon, you have to remember is nobody sits on a stock and watches it ride all the way up to thousand dollars a share. Right, at some point right. along the way, I would have sold that. Even if I got it at 20 bucks a share, when it was at 50 bucks or 60, I would have said, man, I've tripled my
0: money, I'm getting out. Get it out, yeah, and not take the 100x 20 years later. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, but I still am guilty of doing the math. I'll look at their stock price, and then I do my, use my iPhone calculator, <laughs> and I think, okay, you can't, looking at stock splits and adjusted for this and times this, and it's like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, but Eric, there's no point in looking back
1: because you're not going there. You're right. You're right. And again, this is one of the, this is more because that's, it's my, it's, it's my, it's a, it's, a, it's human nature for me. It's like one of yeah. I, I tend to beat myself up over past mistakes,
0: but oh, the, the the value yeah. of that is it helps you not make them again. Right, right, right. Of course. Hey, Eric, I think we have to wrap this up soon because we're 30 minutes into the interview, into the podcast now, and I want to keep this short and sweet. Well,
1: I really the- appreciate you taking the time to get me on, and <laughs> you've, you've done an amazing job with link research tools. Absolutely fantastic.
0: Let me ask you a quick, quick question. When you talk to big companies, what's the biggest issue that you see for any kind of online marketing, SEO, or link building?
1: With the, the bigger The bigger the company... And I think this is just egos. The bigger the company, the more infighting I see in terms of who is in charge of what. Politics. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the politics of the big company. Um, I, I guess it's probably beyond the the period of my, my non-disclosure, but I was working with Disney. And uh, uh, we, I was on a conference call. There were 20 people on the other side of the phone. And they got in such a fight that I just basically sat back in my headset and, 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 and I and I ate my lunch and I, and I and and I and I did some paperwork, paid a few bills. Meanwhile they're just arguing. And their arguments were always about who was going to be in charge of what, who was going to be tasked with the uh, creation of the press releases to announce this new content that existed at this new domain, who was going to be in charge of optimizing the content, who was going to be uh, take care of social. And and it was all about turf battles. And I think a lot of that was not necessarily because they wanted to make sure that that the best work got done. It was more related to people didn't want to give up with any of their real estate if you will in terms of what they were responsible for because you know that that made them more important. So with the, I I I would prefer. I I I I prefer working with mid-sized to smaller companies to the big companies and I probably shouldn't say this. When I put when I do proposals, I actually include what I call an annoyance factor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I yep. you know, often I come up with a number for the proposal and then I'll double it because I'll say to myself this is going to require about 50 extra phone calls and meetings on my part, just because it's a big company and that's the way they work. And to, for them to even like get one change made, like if I tell them, yeah, I think you ought to have something on your homepage that displays your most current four blog posts. And they'll say, well, that's going to require 19 meetings and sign off by 14 people. And that's like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's probably, you know, the bureaucracy and the, uh, and the turf wars, in some ways, get in their way. At the same time, because they're huge companies, it's almost like they can have they can still rank well, regardless because of the, of the of the recognition of the brand. But for me personally, I would say those are the things that I see. Is basically mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the the trying to determine who should be in charge of what, and also the battles of outsource or in-house.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that that big companies would rather outsource?
1: Um they well, I would say that they would lo- a, a big company would love to be able to write a big check and, yeah. ha- and hand it over to, an, to Just somebody throw money at
0: the problem right
1: and, and throw money at the problem and the pro and they do it. The problem is <laughs> that the problem they think they're getting solved is not getting solved uh-huh uh-huh uh, And what I try to advocate strongly with them is if you're going to do that, if you're going to write that big check, you still need to have a, you need to have a team in house. Who is tasked with vetting every single thing they do. You can't just throw the big check at them and assume that it's getting done right. Um, and the example I will, it's like I've done work with National Geographic. And what I cannot do is, and what I will not do is, you know, because I could be tempted. They write me a check for $20,000 to announce some new web content about volcanoes. Now, I could i could go out and hire somebody for $10,000 to go, to go build links and do everything and, and and keep tenant for myself and do nothing. The problem is I don't know what they're going to do and can I trust them? And the thing that I cannot do is have to have a phone call with my client and say, gee, I'm really sorry. You just got nailed by Google's uh, by, uh, by Penguin. Or Panda. Yeah, yeah. I am not going to have that phone call with a big client. So oh. I think that's the th- I, what I try to tell the big companies is that's fine. I get it that you want to outsource parts of this to people who you feel have got greater expertise than yourself. That said, at least have a team in-house that looks at what they do. And I don't want this to sound like an, an advertisement at all, but I, I have many projects where I actually, I don't oversee from the standpoint of actually talking to the agency. But what I do is when the agency sends the, the big, uh, big client a, their monthly report of activity, that big client sends it to me and says, okay, we're writing this company a big check, and here's what they did for us this month. In your opinion, does this have any value? And I charge a very minimal fee to basically review what their agency did. And then come back with my recommendations for where they're doing good things, where they're failing, where they're doing things that will have absolutely no value whatsoever, and perhaps most importantly, where they're doing things that could
0: end up costing the brand dearly. Um, You are an auditor, an auditor for the auditor and um, a second opinion, a a second pair of eyes. I
1: can't even put that service on my website because I'm afraid that I'll end up getting sued because what I don't want is the big client going back to their agency and saying, well, we have contracted with Eric Ward and Eric Ward said what you're doing is absolute crap Uh, and and you're fired because now that agency is going to come after me so i've so, so I've got to work with the big client and have and do an NDA, and I have to say, listen, the advice that I when I come back to you with my report, and it will be brief, it will be probably a five to ten page summary of the good, the bad, and the ugly. You, any decisions you make about the agency you're working with, I, I really need you to to not let them know that I was involved in your decision-making process because there is the likelihood that if they wanted to, that they could come after me. And I'm just a one-person business. I operate as a sole proprietor. I've got three kids to feed. I can't be getting sued.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm got it especially in the u.s that's a different ball game yeah people will see
1: you yeah people will sue you just to force you to spend money to to defend yourself even though, yeah. even though they know you're they're going to lose well yeah I've just lost time work at work and I've just lost money um, yeah. so, yeah. so uh, um, that but at the same time to your to your original question uh, the the outsource versus in-house to me there should be a blend the perfect scenario is for that which you recognize you don't have the skills to do well then outsource. I also review RFPs. I mean, when they put together a proposal, I help people with vendor selection regularly. It's like, you do not want to hire this vendor. This vendor looks good here and there, but you need them to add this, this, and this, or what have you. But uh, I have to be careful there as well, um, because I don't want to have to spend, uh, you know, I've had my, my accountant has said, you should go ahead and incorporate, because then if that happened, you would have some protection. The problem is a one-person corporation, they have something in the United States called piercing The veil where if it's a one-person corporation, they can still come after you. Uh So anyway, but that's a that's an interesting challenge to face. You know, it's it's interesting that I that I I don't even feel comfortable putting that service up. I get that through word of mouth um, at at very at higher levels in the C-suite at corporations where they're like, get Eric to take a look at this. You know, before we right uh, but before we write a six-figure check you know for uh, for a for a for a fraction of that eric can tell us if this is going to be a waste of money
0: yeah 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 got it all right eric has been a pleasure and thank you very much for all your insights all your experience i feel like there's way more experience than fits into one of these episodes so i hope to have you Oh, I Sim would. Again.
1: I would love to, and and keep up the great work with uh, Link Research Tools. It's um, it, outstanding. Uh, it's uh, it, it's um, it, it's, it's the probably the 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 one tool that I tell everybody, they would be foolish. I mean, it would be foolish to to try to save a couple hundred bucks, <laughs> <laughs> or Thank a couple thousand, sure. you know, depending upon yeah. the sign.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Thank think. You, about, you
1: know, I ask him. I say, "What's the cost?" Okay, I understand what what your savings is, is if you don't do it. But what's the
0: cost to you if you don't do it and you end up taking a hit? Yeah, you compare this to backups. You know, if you go to an average head of IT and you tell him, "We're gonna save on the backup. We're well, not gonna buy the backup anymore. We're not gonna spend money on doing backups." He would quit in an instant. Yeah. no, right? Yeah, Or he would say, okay, and then he'd just do it himself. Right, right. And, you know, he'd
1: quietly, every night, at about two in the morning, <laughs> push everything up to a cloud server that's
0: in his bedroom.
1: Right, right. Something yeah, like so, that. Yeah, so that when it all crashes, he can
0: save the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, if he really <laughs> believes in that company. Yeah, but I think it's really responsibility of the of the SEO people, of the people doing the work, to make it clear that this is not something that you can, you know, do as a, you know, as a hobby, or you know, oh let's wait for something bad to happen and lose all our traffic, and then we're gonna take care of that. It's reckless.
1: It's, yeah, it's it's very reckless. It's not a good business model. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's hoping, and hoping is not a strategy. Hope is nope. not a strategy. Hope is not a
1: strat I love that. Hope is not a strategy. Can I I'm gonna I'm gonna use that in my next blog post and I'll give you credit. It, oh qu- yes please. Qu- uh, yes please. And, and, and don't I'll, forget and, about the link. Well and well and I, and I of course I would have to no follow it because I wouldn't want to cause you any harm.
0: Oh. You would do this on your own purpose on the full editorial review without me knowing about it when and where and how you would link to it. So I don't have a problem with it being follow. Although, you know, uh, you know I'm a strong believer that no follow links help and can hurt, and we've seen this in so much data. Oh. But My best example is always Wikipedia. I take any no-follow link all the time, well, without you, any. You, you and I have always agreed on that. What's the
1: absolute, most valuable collection of links on the Web, the references section within a Wikipedia article. Why? It's the content that proves the article itself is, in fact, factual. Right, but but every one of those links is no followed. So, uh, my right. I, I've always said I, I've I always put my I always put myself in the position of let's imagine that I run a search engine. Do I really want to trust that people know how to implement no follow properly? No.
0: <laughs>
1: we could do a whole we could do a whole podcast on the on the on the Adjusted on the no foolishness follow, right. of no follow.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Well, that was it, Eric. Thank you very much for this. We're in forty forty-one minutes now. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: well, if you have to cut half of it, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. If I'm
0: not it, cutting out anything, and not a
1: word. Oh, that's great, and uh, um, I really look forward to uh, to uh, um, if we get to talk again. And uh, actually, since I've got a, a a rare open day here, I'm going to go back and listen to uh, some of the previous ones. I want to hear. I want to listen to rands Got to hear Ranz, uh, uh mm-hmm. because he's always. Uh, um, uh, and have you heard, by the way, that there's an SEO movie
0: coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that. Uh, 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 and there's an
1: Easter egg at the end of it. And that's all that Link Moses is going to say.
0: Uh huh. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. All okay. right. Well, well, thank you again, sir. I really, I, <laughs> thank I, I really you again, appreciate Eric. your time. Uh, this was Eric Ward, Link Moses, in the Link Billing and SEO podcast. I'm Christoph Kemper of Link Research Tools and Link Detox. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day and have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye.